Thank God for Philip Forsberg and UC Soros, two players who helped the Predators get a win over the Flyers they had no business getting. We'll talk about the game, a underrated part of the Pred success this season, and some changes coming to All-Star Weekend on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day as always want to start out with a special hello to our loyal locked on pred heads out there the everydayers who tune into every single show we love you guys and we appreciate the support you do uh or give us week in and week out i'm nick morgan i'm a writer at penalty box radio and i have a partner in crime you do i'm ann kimmel i'm a writer at the hockey news Today's episode also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, and uh, Nashville Predators, three. Philadelphia Flyers, two. Come on. Uh, that is the final score of the game. If you're asking how the game actually went... Yeah, maybe a little bit less flattering for the Nashville Predators in terms of that regard. Yeah, this was a tough one last night. This was one of those games where the Nashville Predators really had to kind of gut it out. Uh, this is a Flyers team very hungry to get a win. This is a hardworking Flyers team. It's a team that will cheat a little bit to capitalize on chances. We saw some of that in the game last night. It was a game where Nashville really, especially in that third period, had to just sort of decide to put it all out there on the ice to get this win. And it took overtime. Now it only took 18 seconds of overtime, my friends, but it took overtime. The Predators couldn't quite get it done in regulation and we're very fortunate. Philip Forsberg, big overtime goal, which is important because look, the Flyers pretty darn good when they take games past regulation. I think they are four and two in their games past regulation. So it was a big win for the Predators, I thought. Yeah, it, it exactly was. It kind of felt like those old Predators games where, you know, Pecorine would have to step up or Tomas Focun would have to step up. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting outshot, 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 outplayed at every corner, you know, mistake here. Um, you know, just sort of under constant pressure all game and your goaltender is there to sort of bail them out. I mean, that kind of feels like a textbook Predators win. Uh, right. Maybe ideally it shouldn't be. Like maybe ideally you win games with a little bit more gusto. Um, but, you know, a win is a win. And at, at this point, Anne, I feel like Preds are just kind of busy racking up points, uh, yeah. which is what you want to do. No downside for for eking out two points here. Um, and let's get to the game a little bit, shall we? Nashville Predators uh, go up one nothing in the first with a great all-around team play that Gustav Nyquist capitalized on for his fourth goal of the season. Uh, in the second period, Michael McCarron gets one on the board for the Nashville Predators. Uh, his fourth goal of the season. Yeah, Michael McCarron's got yeah. four goals, folks. That's a real <laughs> thing. 
Uh, a little bit of a disaster right at the end of the second period when Sean Couturier gets one back for the Flyers. Of course, the Flyers tie it up it is in the third period. Preds hang on, get to overtime, and then Philip Forsberg, 15 seconds in, takes a hard shot on goal. Puck ekes past the Flyers' goaltender. Forsberg pushes to the net, pries the puck out from behind the goalie, and puts it into the net. Yeah, and that's the story of the game. 3-2 Predators win. And what's your one word to describe last night's game? My one word is a throwback game. This is a game we used to play when I was growing up. Hungry, hungry hippos. And the reason I went with this is because it is just a frantic game with just there, you really can't make yourself better at hungry, hungry hippos. You just sort of have to no. keep at it. Yeah. Um, it for anybody who hasn't played, it's four plastic hippos. They're facing each other. You drop some marbles in there and you have a little lever on the hippos and they reach out and try to gather as many marbles as they can. So not necessarily a high finesse game of hungry, hungry hippos, but if you just keep at it, you can get a win. And that sort of felt like the game last night this was a game against a very fast flyers team this is a flyers team that loves transition opportunities we definitely saw some of those in the game we saw nashville try to create some of those chances themselves opportunities for power plays that never materialized for either one of the teams but it just sort of was a frantic win for the predators not necessarily nuanced this isn't um this isn't like the game mastermind you know, where you, you need to develop, you know, critical thinking skills. This was just a gut it out and keep at it win for the Predators. But like you said, two points is two points. No style points in hockey, my friends. There are points for wins. And that's what the Predators got. Yeah, 100%. And uh, is there people that don't know what Hungry Hungry Hippos are? I don't know. You know what? I was really worried that it wasn't still out there. So I Googled it and it's been re-released. So I feel good about the the prospects for the next generation because that's like a staple of childhood is Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. It's a staple. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you don't know what Hungry Hungry Hippos are, have you even lived life? <laughs> for real. Exactly. Uh, mine one word and are minds of Morag. So are there any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Come on. So Mines of Morag were that underground kingdom uh, that, you know, if you're, there's a whole backstory in the books. But if you're in the movies, basically, it's that sort of kingdom of the dwarves that the the Lord of the Rings people, the Fellowship of the Ring had to go like through uh, to, you know, escape the, the blizzard in the Misty Mountains. And of course, they like most of them knew it was a trap. They went into that game knowing there's going to be orcs circling them around. Yeah. Um, they also ran into a giant uh, monster uh, called the Balrog. And it was just like, you know, it was ill-advised for them to go in there. It was ill. They knew it was a trap. They're running from orcs. And then they just have this massive monster. And just when it seems like they're all going to die, here comes UC Soros. <laughs> Dressed in his Gandalf the Grey getup and his little hockey block and in his little, like, Finnish accent, just stands in front of the horde of monsters and goes, you shall not pass. Come or on. maybe in terms of UC Soros, no goals. <laughs> 
That's and right. And then just sort of, you know, takes the brunt of the fighting and lets everybody else escape and tells the Preds to fly, you fools. <laughs> and then the and then the Predators escape and you see Saros is there. And that's just what it felt like. It just felt like the Predators escaped the mm. chaos. And UC Saros was the brave wizard that stepped up and, you know, took the brunt of the fighting and helped every, you know, bail the rest of the team out. And so Minds of Morag definitely felt Love like it. the, you know, a perfect embodiment of last night's Flyers game, Predators escaping with the skin of their teeth. Okay, I am a loving the visual of UC Saros in a Gandalf hat. But also you have helped settle a long going family dispute here because I have one son who swears that Gandalf says, run you fools, but he does not. He says, fly you fools, doesn't he? It's yeah, you don't hear run at all. You hear fly. I know. I'm just saying, thank you for that. There will be peace at Christmas time when we get into this great debate yet again, my friends, it's fly you fools. One of the greatest scenes in all of cinema, I think, is that scene right there. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though. The first time I watched that, mm -hmm. uh, I feel like we had to rewind it like 10 times to see what he say. What did he say? Yeah, yeah, the first time I saw that, I'd never read the books. The first time I saw that, I looked at my husband and I'm like, I swear on all this holy, if he is really dead, I am done. <laughs> yeah. I am done. So yeah, no cliffhanger though. Just the start of the second movie. They're like, who didn't? It's like you know the Muppet Christmas Carol and Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tiny Tim, who did not die? No. Oh, maybe saving us uh, a bit of a reveal. Yeah, um, but yeah, def definitely felt like a chaotic game for the Nashville yeah. Predators, and they've had a couple of those in a row. So maybe yeah. some slight concern there. Uh, that we need to address more from this game coming up in just one second, including a discussion on a big theme for the Nashville predators that was on display last night. Something that is secretly helping the predators be a much better team than I think a lot of people thought they'd be plus some changes to the all-star game. We'll talk about that coming up in just one moment. But first, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Folks, a lot of you may be going out of town for holidays or going back home. And maybe some of you want to catch a sporting event at your hometown arena. Maybe there's a cool Christmas concert you want to go to or a comedy show or something like that. Don't let buying those tickets ruin all of your festive cheer Use Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that helps you get complete peace of mind with your purchase. They have a feature that lets you see the exact view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and you don't get caught in a seat with weird sight lines or a giant pole in front of your face. And they have all-in prices that show you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You're not surprised by those hundreds of dollars of weird processing fees. Instead, you know exactly what you're going to pay every single time. The cool thing about Game Time is they have flash deals on tickets right up to the event itself, sometimes even after the event starts. So you'll always know there's hot deals available for you. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. All right, Ann, 
Nashville Predators beat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2 to two last night in overtime. Thanks to a UC Saros masterclass and a Philip Forsberg overtime winner. Uh, and what stood out to you in this game last night? do think we need to talk about UC Saros, which I know we've talked about recently, but again, this was one of those games where, like you said, it was kind of vintage Saros. This was a game that really kind of was stolen by the goaltending. Predators definitely allowed a lot more offense than they generated, but Saros stopped 37 of 39 shots. He faced 11 short or 11 power play shots from the Philadelphia Flyers, stopped all 11 of them. So just really great uh, game from Saros. I think you can see that Saros is settling in, like it, he's dialed in. Do want to give a shout out to him for the stop that he made. I think it was Cam Atkinson had mm -hmm. a breakaway. And UC Saros was so patient on that play, really did not bite early because, you know, Atkinson kind of came to the net, sort of faked a shot and then paused a little bit to try to get Saros down and out, give himself open net. Nine times out of 10, that move is going to work on a goaltender. You're going to get a goal. Yeah. really dialed in, stayed with the play, stayed patient, didn't bite too early. So absolute vintage Soros performance. And this was another one of those games. You look back at the Montreal game on Sunday where you feel like, hey, if not for UC Soros, perhaps these would not be two points, perhaps even not one point for the Predators, because I think that's how crucial Soros's play was for for the team last night. Yeah, and it, again, like we mentioned in the first block, we're at the stage where the Predators just need to rack up some points, however they can get them. Uh, they got time to kind of turn their play around, but, you know, these are four points yeah. in games in which, you know, the, the Predators may not have, quote-unquote, deserved to win. Uh, and how many games did the – or how many points did the Predators fall behind from the final playoffs about last year? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So these you like games have these where your goaltender can kind of bail you out. That's the difference moving forward. And yeah, I'm with you. Saros is dialed in. And I think that play, you know, the breakaway play you describe where he's not, you know, cheating based on some of Atkinson's early movement uh, where, you know, he's tracking the puck. Well, um, you know, sort of, you know, getting back to the technique that we can, that's the biggest sign to me that you see Saros is back. Yeah. It's just sort of, you know, the technical aspects of his game. I also hard. want to give a goaltending shout out to Kiefer Sherwood. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he could see a wraparound coming. And, um, you know, after the game, Sherwood's like, I'm sure that Saros could have gotten it and would have made the save. But Kiefer Sherwood jumped in and, and kept the puck out on a wraparound. So look, Kiefer Sherwood, multi-purpose player here on a number of levels. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and let's talk about something that I think is helping the Nashville Predators really thrive this season, or at least I think are helping them get out to a, a better record than a lot of people thought they would be. Uh, and that is the contributions from the Nashville Predators depth Come this on. season. Uh, first off, the, the Michael McCarron goal last night. Uh, as somebody pointed out uh, on Twitter, the the pet, the score box entry to this goal <laughs> is Michael McCarron goal <laughs> assists Luke Shannon Cole Smith. 
which I that's think what just, everyone had on their bingo card. Yeah, which I think <laughs> is a hilarious. B causing Twitter to absolutely melt down. Yeah, but you know, as we mentioned, Michael McCarron is a guy who's been like a healthy scratch for mm-hmm. a bunch of these games, and he has four goals. Yeah, this season, and when he's been in the lineup, has been pretty solid. And I think that is the key to the Nashville Predators' success this season is just like those random players, like the fringe players, Mm -hmm. the the extra fours that come in and out of the lineup, the extra defensemen that come in and out of the lineup. You know, sort of like, you know, your bottom six players, guys that you're not really expecting, you know, to kind of carry the load. Those are guys that are stepping up and having some of the best years of their careers. Yeah, and it's making all of the difference. Yes, Nashville has a really phenomenal top line with Forsberg, O'Reilly, and Nyquist. But the depth players are difference makers. And it's goals for sure. You know, like you said, McCarron has four goals. Smith has four goals, you know, which is a a player that worked really hard to get a a goal last season and get started. But he's been off to a, a good start offensively. But these are, this is a line, this fourth line, you have McCarron, you have players like Cole Smith, Tomasino has been in and out of that use. So Parson and was on the fourth line, but you have a fourth line that's coming in and they're changing the game. You yeah. know, when they get on the ice, something is going to happen. Like this is, this is a group that's going to force a turnover. They're going to tie up a team as they're trying to exit the zone. You know, they're going to interrupt momentum and, and that's game changing for the Nashville Predators, especially last night, because there were a lot of times where Philadelphia really was on the offensive where they needed this line to come in and sort of break up that momentum. And Michael McCarron and, you know, Parson and Cole Smith, huge in the win last night. Yeah. You know, Andrew Burnett basically went as far as to say this win doesn't happen without that line. Uh, this is what he had to say about it after the game. And, and Michael, Michael McCarron scored again tonight. What did you see from him and from that fourth line tonight? Like he carried our team without that line and without Michael, we, we don't win the game. Um, simple as that. Yeah, it feels good. Uh, I think we played really good as a fourth line tonight. I think we were all over pucks. We were hunting pucks. Um, spent most of the time in the Ozone tonight um, as a line. I think we were we were heavy over pucks, momentum changing type shifts that you know fourth lines need to do. And I think we were able to do that tonight. And uh, you know we were lucky enough to to find the back of the net. Yeah, I think it was a great game for McCarron. I love what he said about, you know, you've got to come in and have some game-changing shifts. That's what the fourth line has to do. This is not the glamour hockey, but they're coming in and they're doing those things. And huge praise from Andrew Burnett. Andrew Burnett has spoken a couple times about Michael McCarron and how important he has been. I know he's been a healthy scratch at times, but when he's in the game, he makes a difference. Roman Yossi also yesterday, I asked him like, hey, who are the energy guys? You guys are on this like slog of a streak. Who are the guys that bring the energy? And the first name he said, Michael McCarron. Yeah. Michael McCarron, four goals, two assists in just 19 games this year. He had four points in 32 games all of last year. And it's not just him, Ann. Cole Smith yes. is on pace for a career best season. Four goals, seven assists this year. He's already got 11 points. We talked yesterday about Colton Sissons, about how he is on a career best season um, this year. You talk about somebody like Jeremy Lazan, who has drastically improved his game from last year. 
Dante Fabro, who was, you know, a perennial healthy scratch just a week ago, has come into the lineup and played really, really well. Seven points for him this season. And you just go up and down the lineup. Yakov Trenin, another guy who, uh, yes. you know, is finally starting to get on the scoreboard a little bit after a rough start. These are all players who have stepped up their game. Kiefer Sherwood, another guy. You just see kind of Huge. all of these players – that you really didn't have penciled into the Predators' long-term picture before the year, stepping up and improving their game, taking massive strides from where they were last year. And that is the reason that the Nashville Predators, I think, are off to a better start than anyone. Anyone in either Nashville or the NHL, maybe outside of that locker room, thought the Predators would be in right now. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think this team has exceeded expectations, even here in Nashville, where there was a ton of excitement around bringing in some of the veterans and this youth movement. I think we can all safely say this team is exceeding expectations. Of course, a lot of that goes to the top line, but just as much credit has to go to these depth players who have shown up and stepped up their games. Yeah, it has been a big key to the Nashville Predators' success this season. And uh, yeah, if the Predators can keep this up, if a lot of those players can keep growing, Preds are going to be a dangerous team, folks. Interesting stuff out of the NHL. Uh, There are changes coming to the All-Star game, and it's all thanks to Mr. McJesus himself, (laughs) Connor McDavid. We'll talk about the changes and what's going to be different about the All-Star game this year. First, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Sleeper. A new NHL season, of course, brings all sorts of possibilities. We're seeing them unfold here in Nashville. Philip Forsberg could have a record-setting season. Look, the Predators could hang on and sneak into the postseason. And you can win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. It's the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do on Sleeper is pick whether NHL players will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. It's so easy. Tonight, for instance, will Jack Hughes have more or less than four and a half shots on goal? Will Eric Carlson have more or less than 0.5 goals? What about Jake Gunsel? Will he have more or less than one and a half points? To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Preds fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big. Use our promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. All right, Ann, we've talked about this before. For the longest time, for decades and decades and decades, what has been the most fun part of the NHL All-Star Game Weekend? None of it. The skills competition. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, do not disrespect this, the old school skills competition. Uh, when we had like powerhouses like Yarmir Yager and Mario Lemieux. True, and, true. And, 
all of these famous players just going, like actually competing. Uh, one of the most fun things on TV, of course, All-Star Weekend has kind of been a little bit mess since then. Uh, some of the best players in the NHL don't really want to be there. Yeah. We had, um, you know, the Rod Brindamore last year saying, I'm glad our team lost so we can go make our tea times. It's been kind of a mess. So enter yeah. Connor McDavid, somebody I think the NHL would like at every All-Star game. Mm-hmm. He, according to ESPN, has helped the NHL revamp the skills competition. Uh, so here's a rundown of some of the changes. Instead of just everybody from, um, you know, All-Star Weekend jumping in and just competing and random players doing random things, it seems like it's going to be a sort of decathlon of sorts between 12 NHL players, eight uh, who are going to be determined by the league and the NHLPA, and four who are going to be uh, voted in right. by the fans. And again, right. these are these are actual all stars, so you can't vote like Jacob Delarose into the game or anything like that. So it's basically you know the the events. There's they got like fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, stuff like that. But also uh, what's called an NHL obstacle course. Uh, you have a, what, a shootout with the like the top eight players, mm-hmm. uh, and it just sounds like it's going to be kind of like you know elimination. Uh, right. So it's like you know whoever leads after X is moving on, and blah 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 blah. You guys get the drill. Right. Uh, thoughts on this, Anne? First of all, they are offering a million dollars to whoever wins this. So there's that. I have a couple of thoughts on it. First of all, I will just say personally for me, all-star games are just not a thing. I think in any league across league, you know, even the NFL, all of that. I just don't, I think it's hard to do an all-star game that is completely engrossing. So I think it's a challenge. I like that the NHL is doing something different. Here's kind of my beef with this. First of all, if I'm an all-star goaltender, I'm booking a flight to Turks and Caicos. Because I am not going to go and do the all-star, do this, when I can't win a a million dollars. Like, no goaltender is going to get to compete in accuracy shooting. (laughs) You are literally going there to stop eight players in a shootout. And you can't win a million dollars. So I think it sucks for the goaltenders. If I'm UC Soros, I'm going to Turks and Caicos, friends. Um, I think it's interesting that they advertise it uh, saying, hey, Connor McDavid helped us design this. Not that I think it's a bad format. I think it's an interesting format. I think Connor McDavid probably has some, you know, had some great input into this. Mm-hmm. I just think it's kind of interesting that they're advertising it like, hey, your peer decided how you all are going to compete. Well, like, I, I would almost that- not advertise that. But I think that's interesting, too, because what has been some of the biggest complaints from fans about how sort of lame All-Star Weekend has become? It's, it's that boring. the players clearly don't, don't care. care. Like, they yeah. don't care to be there. So I think it's like, you know, from here, it's like, okay, let's bring in, you know, a player and help them be like, okay, here's something that would interest me. Like, here's something that, like, I would get behind. 
Mm-hmm. Like here, here's something that it's like, you know, kind of cool because when it's like, you know, central division or West versus East, I mean, it's just like a bunch of random people competing in right. other events. And if you're like the, the last guy voted in, like, what are you going to do? Like the skills relay with 10 other people. But if you're like one of the top 12 NHL players and you have a chance to beat Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby in a skills competition, for a million dollars, I mean that's that's like some competitiveness right there. Like that's like yeah. like some juices flowing a little bit. So I I do I think it's interesting, and I do like that they you know kind of went to the players in this case McDavid and been like okay like what's what's something that you think would get you interested? What mm-hmm. would engage the players? Because I think that is sort of the biggest reason for decline of the All Star Game to begin with is it seems pointless because the players don't care. Yeah. So now if you get something where it's like, okay, the players do might actually care about this. Mm-hmm. That's I, I think that's going to be fun. Do you think a million dollars is going to make them care? I mean, a million dollars is still a lot. I, for a, I guess for a professional hockey player, it is. Yeah, if you're it, like, I don't know, a baseball I, player. I don't know if anybody with the Shohei Otani deal in the NHL. I mean, even right. Connor McDavid makes like, what, $13 million, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's probably not, one of those things where. nothing. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, let's say you're. God, I'm like trying to think of it. Like, let's say Ryan O'Reilly makes the all-star mm-hmm. game. That's a that's a quarter of your yearly salary in Fair. like one like event. Fair. And and it's yeah, you know, I, I like I I I think the biggest thing, Anne, is I just appreciate the NHL trying. Yes. Like not sitting back and being like, ah, oh, well, of course, like this is the all-star weekend is a huge success. It's great. The format is great. And sort of acknowledging it's like, okay, like let's it's it's clearly we need to change some things up. Like clearly we need to address some things. So let's bring in some players. We said that last year when we talked about the all-star game where it feels like, Hey, if the NHL really wants to fix this, why don't you just ask the players what you want to do? It seems like they're doing it. So it feels like, yeah, you got to give the NHL a little bit of credit on this. I do think you do have to give them a little bit of credit. And I think it's good in the sense that you are going to get some of your best players because we've seen in past years where some of the top players are like, yeah, no, I'm not going to attend. So I do think that that is good. I think it sucks for the goaltenders. Not fair. Don't get a million dollars. Can't get a million dollars. A little bit of a short stick. I also will say I do like that there is some strategy involved in this because you pick four out of six categories and it's where you rank, you get points, but you can also get zero points. So the players have to really put some thought into like, hey, which of these four do I want to compete in versus who else is competing and how many are competing? So I do think there's a little bit of strategy in it. I give them credit uh, for for trying something different. I just, it's really, I hope I'm wrong. All-star events are 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 just a little bit of a tough sell for me but let's see what yeah. happens yeah. they're trying something they're trying something and i think that's the biggest thing yeah uh yeah let us know what you guys think drop us a comment on our youtube page or tweet us at lo underscore predators on twitter that's gonna do it for us on today's locked on predators podcast thanks for making us your first listen of the day back tomorrow with an all-new episode we'll see you then